amazing. We were created as a creation of God. The angels were created, different things, different beings were created, different places were created, but we were created after the image and likeness of God, and he breathed his life breath into us, and we became alive, and that's incredible. Planet Earth will be the capital of everything, and uh, Jerusalem, Israel, will be the center of all of that, and Jesus will reign from there, and we will reign with him throughout the eternal ages, worlds without end. And we were created, and that's our calling. That's our destiny. What's your destiny? What's my destiny? People will, well, I don't know what my destiny is. That's your destiny. Your, de- your destiny is to rule and reign with him forever throughout the eternal ages. And um, so anyway, that's what I wanted to say. Come on. Yeah. That good, right? Yes. It's encouraging because that, you know, that the end of everything is that, and he will stand up and we will enter into that kingdom. And 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 so, Hallelujah, Barucara Brandeya. Yes, thank you, Jesus. Oh, yummy! I want that mountain. Does anybody want that? Can you imagine? Wow! See right here. A whole entire community and camp with a, with a conference dome right here. <laughs> and trips to the top of the mountain to meet with God. The school of the prophets. Is that in the background? Is that Matterhorn? It's not, is it? Wow, that is incredible. Isn't that amazing? Maybe in the millennium. Anybody here believe in the millennium? Six days man shall rest on the seventh, or six days man shall work, but on the seventh he shall rest. And it was a prophetic statement, not just about our natural lives and our need for Shabbat. How many know what Shabbat is? Sabbath, it's the day of rest. Um, in the Hebrew roots of it, and actually traced back to Adam in the garden. They would work six days, and on the seventh day, they took a day of rest. And the Lord decreed that, because human beings need rest. But he also was speaking prophetically about 6,000 years of man working. And God would give the earth to man how many know earth belongs to the sons of men, but the heavens belong to the Lord? Now, among the sons of men is one named Jesus Christ. So he's the supreme one that, um, he's the supreme one that is the example, the fulfillment. He is all that Shabbat or the Sabbath rest is to be. So it's been 6,000 years from now back to Adam. And today, it's as 1,000 years to the Lord, it says in Second Peter chapter 3, 2 or 3, and then in the Psalms. Pardon? It's in Second Peter. And uh, it's a prophetic timeline as to the times and the seasons we live in. 
Um, <clears throat> have anybody heard the term, the third day church? How many have heard that term? That was a real popular term, say, 10, 15 years ago, third day church. And it was speaking of the fact that we're, how many believe we're in the last days? In the last days, he will pour out his flesh and all, his spirit, excuse me. <laughs> I'll take his flesh too. That's okay if it's his flesh. <laughs> I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, and my sons and daughters shall prophesy. The thing of it is, he says, in the last days. And so Jesus was here during the fourth day. From Adam until Moses was 2,000 years. From Moses to Jesus was 2,000 years. From Jesus to until today is 2,000 years. Six days. Six days man shall work. God gave it to man. And man, how many of you know man's been working for 6,000 years to try to bring peace and wonder and bring the earth together and unify the nations. And so we have globalism and all kinds of stuff. The Nazis decided they'd take over the planet and make us one. The communists, back, back through time, Napoleon, uh, Alexander the Great. Then we go to the Roman Empire, etc., etc. You can keep going back to Babylonians, all the way back to the Sumerians, who were the first supernatural, amazing people. They're cuneiform, this stone that's about this big, and has writing on it in small detail. Is an entire story about them, and it's. It was their epitaph as to their civilization. It has the keys in it and keywords and code language that it opens up tons of information about who and what they were and what they did. They were very, very, very supernatural people. All of the people that's been on the earth through the ages has been phenomenal. The different kinds of people, the different things that were established through man deciding to have intimacy with angels. Mankind, the females, and they, these creatures, these watchers, fell from their first estate and left their first habitation, the heavenly realms and the universe. They were the teachers of the universe, and they came, and they could shape-shift. They were beings of light who could manifest according to what society they were in and what planet they were on and all these things for different reasons. And they could shape-shift into the shape of a man. And they were incredibly knowledgeable and amazing creatures. And they were stunning, stunning-looking men. They transformed into stunning men with brilliance and intelligence and charisma. And the women went nuts for them. And they had children. And the children were giants. Anybody heard about the giants that used to be on the earth? They were giants. That's where they came from. Uh, before that, during the days of the first civilizations, I'll throw something out at you you probably don't know, it's called the gap theory. There was a creation before, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Correct? This is kind of like a Bible school class tonight. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. It says heavens for a reason. And the earth was without form. And darkness was on the face of the waters. There was a chaos on this planet. And the earth and the, everything was in chaos. In ruin. And God said, let there be light. 
the third one in the Trinity. First there was God created. Then there was the Holy Spirit brooded on the face of the water. And then God said, let there be, or let the light come forth. And the light, who's the light of the world? Yeah, before he became a human. And so we see in the first three verses of the book of Genesis, we see a clear picture of a triune manifestation of one God. There's not three gods, there's only one. The Lord our God is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. How would you do that? How do you love God? It starts out like this. Hear, O Israel. And the word Israel, Israel, is actually, Israel is actually a term of a prince or a princess who is a champion. That's the way he sees you. Hear, O Israel. Hear. The first thing he commands us to do is not to love, but to a relationship of hearing so we can love. And then you shall love. It says, the Lord your God is one Lord. You don't have many, only one. And the Godhead is in three distinct manifestations even like different personalities. How many can tell the difference when you're in prayer between when the Father manifests, when you, when you know you're experiencing the Father, and then the Holy Spirit and Jesus? A lot of believers haven't been taught the distinction in how you can tell. And, you know, really the whole reason Jesus came was to bring us back to the Father, to reconcile to the Father. The Father so wanted to reconcile to us that he he sent his Son. He became a human. One of the manifestations of God, the light, would take on human form. And why would it be the light that would do that and establish and reestablish and reform us, revive us from dead to life. Why would it be Jesus? Because Jesus would also become the apostle and high priest of our confession. Apostles set everything in order. They have the ability to attract people and resources and identify giftedness and position them, but not without profit and not without evangelist, pastor, and teacher. See, those are the five governmental offices, and they are the government of God in the kingdom of God. And there's five manifestations. There's 12 apostles. When Jesus came, he chose out 12 apostles. Matthew chapter 10 tells us all of their names and then tells us their commission. And at the end of talking about and commissioning the apostles, he also commissions the prophets. They're in the same chapter. Because the apostles and prophets, all through the Bible, are together. Um, The reason that Jesus was the one, the light was the one that God said, let there be light, is because the world, the planet, creation, was in chaos. And the earth was without form and void. And you look it up and do the study on it, it means it was totally chaotic. 
and in complete disorder. Well, Jesus sets the order. So he comes forth, and the first thing he does is he creates six days. Amen? Isn't that right? Didn't he create everything in six days? And it says, and on the seventh day, he rested. So we're right now, we have just lived six years since the beginning in Genesis and all that God did. Right after the her earth was without form and void and darkness was on the face of the deep, you look at that and then you see that God brought forth the light, Jesus Christ. He would set things in order because even in creation, in heavenly and in the earthly, Jesus Christ, you're going to love this, Jesus Christ is the one who establishes the order of all things created. Jesus Christ. He is the apostle and high priest. See, the high priestly ministry knows how to forgive. That's what it's there for. Blood sacrifices, forgiveness of sin, decrees and declarations, the, the, the reading of the law and the order. The Melchizedek, a Melchizedek order, is a higher order, and it's the order Jesus was of. He was not of the tribe of Leviticus and one of the priests in the Jewish religion. When Jesus came, he became a new priest of a new priesthood, of which we are all in. Everybody want to say, Shandalabakotaraba. Anybody want to say, Hey! Anybody want to say, Yow! <laughs> That's an order, too. God loves the order of holy chaos. See, the teaching of these things is so important to understand the prophetic timelines that we are in and the establishing apostolically to set in order all things pertaining to God's kingdom. God doesn't do anything that he doesn't establish order. When renewal came, well, we was at our, in our building in, in uh, Spokane, Washington. It was 1993, the fall of 93. I stood up, showed everybody a picture of Rodney Howard Brown on Charisma magazine and said, man, he's blowing things up in Carpenter's Church in Lakeland. Everybody, anybody know about Lakeland, Colorado? Remember when Todd went there and had a big blow up? That was in Lakeland. What did I say? Lake, excuse me. There is a Lakeland, Colorado, too. Lakeland, Florida. Thank you. My wife always setting me in order. She's the apostle of our house. Come on. Anyhow. (laughs) And uh, isn't this fun? Isn't it fun to, to, to get stuff like this into your understanding and makeup? Because you'll watch and see how things can click into order in your life. And when you... When you allow the Lord to set his order, there's always a great blessing. Everything he does, he establishes an order. Elijah went up the mountain. Here's 450 false prophets. He says, yeah, I invited you up here. We're going to have a standoff. We're going to have offerings today. And we're going to... And See those bulls over there? They're the best bulls in the country. We're going to have two sacrifices. I'm going to build an altar, and you're going to build an altar. Then uh, we're going to call on God. 
And whoever's God, and then you're going to call in your God. And whoever's God answers by fire will be the true God. And that is who we will submit to. And they said, yeah, that sounds good. And they got built their, set up their altar, however they did that. And they took their bullock and they killed it and they put it on there. And they danced around and did all of their demonic incantations and divination and sorceries. And God didn't answer. And they started cutting themselves to let blood because that's the highest way to bring about the most powerful demons is through blood sacrifice. Hence, abortion. It goes way back all through time. Been waves of abortion hit the planet right before the Messiah or deliverers or a great manifestation of God's come forth. That ought to give us some real encouragement because they do it to try to bring their God in to take over the planet. And we know whenever they do that, God says, well, let's see, they're offering their sacrifice. Now I want my people to offer theirs. And I want them to come in the spirit and the power of Elijah. And when they call on me, I will answer with fire. How many knows we're getting ready to see the fire fall like we've never seen in our lives? I was going to say, you're fired. So Elijah, he, he says, they built their offer. This is what it says. And, all, and, and Elijah went over to the altar that had been torn down, the altar of the Lord. And he took the stones, 12 of them. And he placed them in order. Everybody say in order. order. And he cut up the wood. And he placed the wood on the altar in order. Then he took his red bullock. And he cut it. He slew it and cut it in order. He took the blood. Set the blood aside. The blood had to be poured over the sacrifice. It had to first of all be sprinkled towards the Holy One. He wasn't a priest. He didn't do those functions. He was a prophet. doesn't say about him, but that's what the priests always did. And they sprinkled with the blood as a type of atonement and forgiveness. And it would cover the sins of the nation of Israel when they did it on the Day of Atonement. Isn't that cool? Yes. Have you heard that Jesus is our atonement? Yes. He's the final atonement. Right. He, there's no need for any other atonement. But, and, but there's one little problem with the word atonement. It's used to make a reference to the Old Testament atoning blood. But atonement, the atonement, the blood of the atonement only covered the sins. It only covered them for one year. <coughs> Excuse me. Bless, you. Bless me. Thank you. Bless me. More. It only covered it for a year, and at the end of the year, they had to do another offering and offer another sacrifice. Jesus is our final blood sacrifice for all sin forever. Not just the sins from him forward, but from him all the way back. Every person that ever offered an offering to the Lord and believed in the blood atonement believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, whether they knew it or not. And it was a blood atonement. And all of those that offered those sacrifices in Israel, do you know Job wasn't a Hebrew? And he did it. You can go all the way back to Adam. There were those that offered, had relationship with God through blood atonement. And they offered sacrifice. Remember when Cain slew Abel? Yeah. 
Why did he slay him? Because he was jealous of his sacrifice. He offered a blood sacrifice. He was the keeper of the sheep and of the kine. He was the keeper of the kine. The word kine means sheep and cattle, even goats. Kine, K-I-N-E. It doesn't just mean beef. It doesn't just mean beef. Do you know the first you know the first animal God created to set all creation and his prophetic timetables and everything that he would do in order? You know what was the first animal he created? Kind. You know what kind of kind? What kind of kind? The very first animal he created was the lamb. Because he himself was the lamb slain before the foundations of the world. Come on, anybody getting excited about that? Well, how do you know all that? Because I'm, I've studied it. I've studied it in the Torah. I've studied it in the ancient Hebrew sages. I've studied it in church history. I went searching. I went to find out. 45 years ago, I went after it with everything. I wanted to find out about the blood because I was a vile, wicked sinner. And I went to Jesus and something washed me. And I went in the scripture and found only three things could wash us. The washing of the water of the word, the washing of the regeneration of the Holy Spirit, and the washing of the blood of the Lamb. Come on, do I hear an amen? The blood of the Lamb has to come before the others. It's the order. It's always first. Because Jesus is the first and the last. Come on, do I hear an amen? So it's really important that we understand these things and that we're taught See, right now, what I'm doing is teaching you, but I'm not teaching you jot and tittle, line upon line. I'm not instructing you in behaviors. I'm not showing you the way to make your money go much further and how to be practical and all of which of those things are so needed in the church for wisdom, for prosperity. Anybody want abundance? See, I might as well tell you where I'm going here. I haven't said it, but in the beginning when he created everything, there was nothing lacking and he created a great abundance of everything. God did. Where I'm going is financial glory. What did he call it? What did Stephen call it? Financial glory. See, finances is a type of glory. On the earth, the highest glory in the monetary standard is what? Gold. On the earth, gold. In heaven, what is the highest standard? What's the, what's the merchandise of heaven? Does anybody know? It's the glory of God, yes. Lucifer observed the glory that was in music and he, uh, and, he, and he absorbed it into his makeup. And he walked amidst all of heaven and every blade of grass, every bird, every speck of heaven air, which is not like ours here. Everything there had music exuding from it. Had certain essences and fragrances. Everything had sounds, had vibration. It does in this world, too. We don't see it, but it's all around us. Everything does. It exudes something. In the beginning, it exudes worship and praise 
music. And then the sin came, and the earth went into the fall, and all of creation was vexed by the infusion of sin that came through Adam and Eve because God gave them dominion over the earth, to rule over it, to multiply as earth, as people, earth beings, to multiply and subdue all things and to nurture it and guard it and keep it as a caretaker. They were stewards. And he gave them the authority, that authority over the plants, over the animals, over everything. The things that they spoke and exuded from them, which was the nature of God, nurtured and rejuvenated everything in creation. It was all under their authority. Isn't that interesting? Is this interesting to anybody? Is anybody getting anything out of this? That's the kind of authority Adam had. And when he submitted to the breath of death, the serpent, this angel, fallen angel, Lucifer, took on the form of the serpent. The serpent did not crawl. It was actually a winged being with four arms and and legs and walked in an upright position like the seraphim angels. The seraphim, according to the book of Moses and the Torah that was in the wilderness, and they were flying serpents, and they were fiery serpents. They were angels that came and struck the children of Israel, and they died in the wilderness because they hated and spoke against God and complained, and because they caused trouble for Moses and the leadership, and they would have destroyed the journey into the promised land and stopped God's purpose. And so he decreed a judgment, and these seraphim came into their midst and released fiery burning serpents that went and bit them. And the Lord and, the, and, and Moses and Aaron fell on their face and cried out to God, help us, God, forgive us, give us a place of atonement. And he said, make a tall pole. and Make it like that, and at the top, weave a serpent around it and make it out of gold or brass and take it and sit it in the midst of the people and raise it up for them to see it. And when they look on it, they'll be healed from this curse and this disease that's killing them. And all that would just look upon it, and it was the cross with sin wrapped on it, being put to death, crucified. And it was a picture of Jesus becoming sin so that we could become righteousness. Do I hear an amen? amen. That's what it was. It was a, what's known as a type or a shadow, a foreshadow of what was going to come, hidden in a mystery. It was a it was the revealing of the cross of Jesus Christ to the children of Israel in the wilderness. Just like the lamb that was slain, and they took it and put the blood over their doorpost to protect them from the death angel before they left Egypt. Remember that? How many remember that? How many saw the Ten Commandments? You may not have read it, but if you saw the Ten Commandments, you get it. That's a great movie. It's very, very accurate. Very accurate. Amazing. I'm talking the old one. The new one's got a lot of goofy stuff in it, like Noah. Did anybody go see Noah? The new one came out about three, four years ago. Talk about a mockery to God. Oh, Jesus. Well, anyhow, six days man will work and do things his way. But on the seventh, man is going to go into rest. 
Jesus wrote about it, and he said that he made this statement, I'm the Lord of the Sabbath. And the Sabbath was made for man. The Sabbath was made for man. Man was not made for the Sabbath. Isn't that amazing? Jesus is our Sabbath rest. He came home. He came to the earth not for himself and for us to serve and slave him. He came forth for us. The Sabbath was made, created, turned into a human being for us. He was thinking of us. It's beautiful. The unfolding of the revelation of his atonement, the power of the blood, the power of the word, the power of the spirit. These three bearing witness on the earth establish everything God wants to do. When we pray, we should always pray and include the cross. No matter what we're doing, praise, worship, everything should include the blood of the cross. It should come through the power of the Spirit. Come on, do I hear an amen? Hey, 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 that's righteousness, peace, and joy, and the Holy Ghost stuff. Because God is a fun God. He's exciting. He's adventurous. Thank you, Father. Comes from the Holy Word, a covenantal word. Blood, word, by the power of the Spirit. Everything he does, when you involve those things, things will happen. It's so important that we see this and that we see the six days of man on the earth. Up to the fourth day and the fourth day, Jesus comes on the scene. There have been 4,000 years now. 2,000 years to um, uh, um, Adam, I mean from Adam to Abraham, and then Moses came a while after that, then 2,000 years to Jesus, John the Baptist, then Jesus, then 2,000 years from then till So if we saw Moses come forth and present the law, then Jesus on the fourth day comes forth through, and, and Jesus Christ, what did he bring? The law came through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus. Now, on the sixth day, there's one new man that's about to come forth called the body of Christ. Anybody know where I'm going? What about one new man made up of Jew and Greek? Jew, there's neither Jew nor Gentile, Greek nor free, bond nor slave, neither male nor female, but you're all one, a new kind of one new man. 1 Corinthians 15 says it this way. It calls it the second Adam, that one new man, the body of Christ. And it calls it the last man. That's going to come into full formation through the unity of John 17. We'll all become one. Not all humanity. Not all that confess Jesus. Only those who are totally surrendered to his lordship and make him king and God and love him with all of their heart, mind, soul, and strength because they hear him and they follow in his. They actually, we actually, you tonight actually are being introduced and brought to a place to be totally, completely living out from your innermost being, your spirit man, which is Christ in you. Your only hope of entering into the sixth day, the end of the sixth day, the beginning of the seventh day of rest, which is a unending day. Some people call it a thousand year day. It's an unending day, an eternal day 
Everybody say eternal day. It's an eternal day of glory. The whole planet, right down to the atoms that's been infused with corruption and decay. Romans 8, remember? Remember Romans 8? It says this, the whole creation groans and travails, earnestly expecting, expectantly waiting for the manifestation, everybody say manifestation, of the sons of God. So that the whole creation, here's the reason for it, so that the whole creation can be delivered from the bondage of corruption and brought into the glorious freedom of the children of God or the people of heaven. Come on, do I hear an amen? Uh, By the way, did you know you're a person of heaven? You were born from heaven. You were born out of heaven. When you were born again, you were born from above. Come on, do I hear an amen? You're a heavenly creature, creature walking around in a physical body. And he wants that inner creation with your personality, a different expression of Christ, through multitudes of people that all love and unify together and can accomplish anything beyond what you can imagine or even hope for or ask for throughout the universe. Somebody said, yeah, it's going to be just like heaven here. No, heaven is invading the earth and earth is giving in to heaven. The two of them will get together. Do I hear an amen? Yeah, and then it'll be just like heaven. No, it'll be a new heaven and a new earth. It'll be something that's never been created before. The prophetic timelines we're in right now. The reason we were sent here is to raise up a prophetic ministry, to raise up prophetic community, to raise up, to electrify, to infuse, to bring fire I just want all of you to know that by the grace of God, I am a flame of fire. Anybody want to raise their hand and say, by the grace of God, I am a flame of fire. On the day of Pentecost, when you were bat, when they were bat, whoa, fire, let it come. You getting hot? Is anybody getting hot? Two or three of us? Oh my God. Fire. Say that again. I am fire by the grace of God. Jesus said, I come to light a fire on the earth. What shall I do if it's already kindled? John the Baptist came as a fire and kindled the beginnings of what would be a fire. Jesus said, I will come, listen, and baptize you, every believer, with the Holy Spirit and fire. On the day of Pentecost, they were all in one place in one mind. Listen to this. One mind and one accord. And suddenly, what caused the suddenly? One mind, one accord in one place. Yes. Yes. 
Come on, do I hear an amen? So we can all crowd, if we'll all just crowd into the same building, we'll build a big building, every Christian coming, we can all catch up. No, we're all in one mind, in one cord, and in one place in Christ Jesus, in the Spirit of God, because we're actually already a kingdom, and the kingdom of heaven and of God is within us, no matter where we're at on the planet. And he has a plan to ignite something in believers and spread through the earth like a glorious flame of fire that will engulf the whole planet in fire. Do I hear an amen? Whoa. I know people that want to throw some strong drink on the fire. Ooh, some of you didn't get that. Alcohol, what happens when it hits fire? Oh, Jesus. Come on, fire, fire folk. They were all in one mind, one accord, in one place, and here came a rushing mighty wind that filled the house where they were seated. They were seated. And it filled the house. Are you a house? Say, I'm a house. The wind is filling me. The fire is filling me. (laughs) Now I'm going to tell you something I've learned through life and looking into the scripture I see it all through church history and All of you know it when you say it. You'll bear witness that I speak unto you the truth. It is not I, but the words of my Father I speak unto you. For I and my Father are one. He is my Father and I am his Son. And if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Boy, it got quiet just then. You can't say that. Jesus said it. Well, where's he at? Is your Father in you? Doesn't the world want to see the Father? Do you believe he's in you? Do you really? Oh, not not yet. I'm still just, uh, uh, you're being self-conscious instead of Christ in you conscious. Oh, it's so easy for us to slip into that, isn't it? But quite honestly... It just is not the truth. For the truth is in Jesus, and Jesus is in you. Turn to somebody and say, you. And remember, Jesus said, I have come to light a fire. Yeah, but I got so much wood hand stubble. Yeah, I know. That's good kindling for the fire. Let it burn, baby. Let it burn. Come on, do I hear an amen? Let it burn. Let it come. So here we are at the end of the age. What age? The sixth day. And we're actually at the beginning of the seventh day. And it's promised in the scripture that the king will return where the two days meet. The third day church is the 2,000 years from Jesus till now. 
and the coming thousand-year day that's coming. That's the third-day church, the glorious church without spot or wrinkle. It's millennium majesty, the unending day, the eternal day of glorious and rest. Amen. Where we will have ceased completely from our labors and God Almighty, our Father, Jesus Christ the Son, and all the power, not just the baptism in the Holy Spirit, an earnest down payment of our inheritance, but the full measure of the Spirit that Jesus carried, the Spirit without measure. John 3, 31 says, Jesus did not receive the Spirit by measure. He, was, he, he, he received the Spirit without measure. Unlimited Holy Spirit, all of Holy Spirit that Holy Spirit is. Anybody want some of that? Anybody want a new anointing? Let me say it another way, you'll really understand. Anybody want more? Anybody want more than enough? He's more than enough. He is El Shaddai. (laughs) The God of plenty. He's the all-sufficient one. God Almighty, He is more than enough. You know, if we really believe that, you know, our mind argues with it. Well, that's all just legal. That's not really who I am. I'm sorry. And now I'm going to say something kind of maybe not too pastoral. But. Please don't insult the Holy Spirit and speak against the truth. It is very stubborn to do that and stupid. Now, I know that I'm, this is, that there is running right now on Facebook. And there's people out there, and I don't, know, I don't think it's any of them, but they can be sharing this, and others will be getting it, and, and they will hear what I just said. This is not for you here. Nobody in here would be stupid and stubborn. That's not for us. There's us and there's them. I don't mean them out here. I mean some way out there, there's them. But not for us. We're not stupid. We're smart. We really believe he recreated our spirit. We really believe our father is the father of spirits. We really believe that we are spirit beings living and housed in a human soul with a body. Come on, do I hear an amen? We really know that's true. And we know that our spirit is greater than our soul. And it's greater than our understanding. And greater than the thoughts of our mind. And we know that our mind is being changed right now as we're here together from glory to glory. And every minute of every day, we know he's changing us from glory. Glory. What? To glory. To glory. From glory to glory to glory to glory to glory right now. We are changing. All it takes is for you to say, I believe. And believing is not a feeling. It's not somebody convincing you. It's a yieldedness yieldedness of your heart, mind, will, emotions, soul, imaginations. It says, I'm going to believe. I choose to believe. I have a right to believe. I'm a free will moral agent. I can believe or not believe. I choose to believe. And I will believe I can heal the sick. 
And I will believe I can raise the dead. I will believe I can cast out demons. I will believe God loves me and I'm accepted in the beloved. That I am the perfection of His handiwork. And what He has begun in me will come to full completion. It's being changed right now. I'm going from glory to 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 glory. Someday you'll fully manifest the Son of God. If you keep going. Anybody want to fully manifest Jesus? Why do you give five-fold ministry? I'm going back to that. The five gifts, the five-fold ministry, the government of God. Those with the authority in the church to speak the word, decree, impart, activate, bless, bring forth. They have become something they can multiply. Whatever they have become, they can give away. They can't give away what they haven't become. That doesn't mean they're perfectly in the perfect gospel in every perfect way. It means they have faith in it and they operate in the faith in the word and speak the word in faith because faith becomes the substance of the things you hope for and it turns into the evidence of things you can't see with your natural eyes yet. So when the fire came, what, did, what happened to all of those folks that were in the upper room? There was 120 of them. When the wind blew in and the fire fell. See, what came in was the pillar of fire that was with the children of Israel in the wilderness. Brian Simmons of the Passion Translation Bible. Look at Acts chapter 2 and he gives the footnotes on it and tells you exactly what I'm saying. He has brought it out in the Aramaic. It literally says it's the same as if the pillar of fire that took the children of Israel through the wilderness and was a fire, pillar of fire by night and was a cloud by day. It gave them air conditioning from the desert heat. And at night it gave them warmth in the winter and light and whatever was needed. And the light of the world, Jesus Christ, was the one inhabiting. He was in the flame and in the cloud himself. It was a portal and a connector between both the heavenly realm and the earthly. Anybody want to pray in tongues with me for a minute? Hey, fire, fire, fire. Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) So that pillar of fire, a rushing mighty wind came in, and it appeared unto them. And then suddenly it broke into 120 pillars and went and engulfed them from the inside out into fire. Do I hear an amen? amen? Are not all of my ministers flames of fire? Yes. Hebrews 2. Hey, Hebrews 2. <laughs> Fivefold ministry. And he which descended into the lower parts of the earth preached the gospel to the prisoners that were kept in a habitation in a place until such a time as he would come forth. John the Baptist died with his head come off. He went down into the midst of the earth before Jesus because it was the forerunner prophet preparing the way for him who was to come, Jesus. Yeshua HaMashiach, 
the Mashiach, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. John was down there telling him, he's coming, he's coming, he's coming. That's why he had to die first. He completely lost his head. And he lost his mind. Then God put a new mind in his brain, stuck his head back on there. His actually spirit brain never did leave. He lost his natural mind and gained the mind of God. And went down and was able to preach and prepare the way for those who were coming. And when Jesus went down there after his death, he went down there and preached the gospel to all of those who were prisoners. Ephesians 4 says he went down and led captivity. All those that were captive there, he led them out of there. He led captivity captive and took them. You can read about it in Psalms. He said, open wide ye everlasting gates, and the king of glory shall come in. Behold, the Lord cometh, and his train has fallen. A train is the train of a, of a bride, you know, that long train that goes behind her. That represents a mass number of people. And that mass number of people was the train that fills the temple of our God. And he took them up to heaven. Then he gave gifts to men. He sent the Holy Spirit. Jesus did to the day of Pentecost. And he sent five gifts. He sent nine gifts of the Spirit. He sent nine character traits of the Spirit. He sent nine fruit of the Spirit. Nine, nine, nine. It's the only thing that can crush Six, six, six. <laughs> it will literally flip the sixes over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's good. Gifts of the Spirit, fruit of the Spirit, character traits of the Spirit. Amen. Character traits of the Spirit, Second Peter chapter uh, 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 1. <laughs> Lines them up there, nine of them. Nine fruit of the Spirit. John 15. And nine gifts of the Spirit, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Names them all. I could name them all right now, but I won't take the time. I, 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 I tell you, you know them all. For the five gifts that he, he took up and he gave gifts unto men and he gave some, not everybody. People say, well, I want to be a prophet. I'm going to fast pray till I get it. I want to be a pastor. No, 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 no. He gave, he, Jesus himself, gave those gifts unto men and it's not just men it's mankind or it's the one new man the new creation man that's neither male nor female I'm laying foundations in you do you realize you're getting a foundation laid in you that's what this is this is all foundational stuff and he gave some to be apostles some prophets some evangelists some teachers and pastors. What for? To for the equipping of the saints. For the equipping of the saints. For the equipping of the saints. What's he equipping them with? Well, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher are gifts that carry all those gifts, all those names. All those character traits. There's five of them. It's a number of grace, by the way. Everybody say, five is the number of grace. Five. Remember when Aaron and his sons carried the ark on their shoulders? Yep. There was four sons of Aaron that carried the ark. And Aaron walked in front of them with an incense burner, bringing incense in the pathway before them. Wow. 
Five of them. They are Old Testament type and shadow of New Testament reality of the fivefold ministry. And of a new priesthood. Do I hear an amen? He gave gifts unto men. What gifts? All the gifts I just mentioned. He gave all them to mankind. He gave them. What for? For the equipping of the saints. The equipping there is furnishing. It means to furnish your house with everything heavenly. And with the wisdom to transfer heavenly things into natural things, turn it into practical things, and present it back to the heavenly. Amen. Come on, is anybody hearing what I'm saying? Amen. Uh, there may be other people who have better ways of saying this, but how many are getting it? That's what I want to Are you getting what I, is it playing? Huh? Okay, good, because I want you to get this. It's foundational establishing. You probably won't be able to say it exactly like me, but you can say it, and you can say it the way you do. And if you don't know and can't quote the scripture, you can still say it because you know the truth of it. And you can speak it from your heart. You can speak it in your own language. You may talk really cool and say, whoa, man, Jesus, like, he laid it on five, five of them Rad dudes, you know. Don't matter what your language is. You can do it. I guess I'm dating myself in the you know, 60s and 70s. You can get this. This can be laid in you. The spirit of it is what we want you to have. The spirit is what he wants you to have. But he wants you to have the understanding. And he gave gifts of men to equip the saints for the works, listen, for the works of service. Who's the greatest servant ever lived? Jesus. Who was all five gifts? Jesus. Wasn't Jesus, or isn't he right now the apostle and high priest Amen. of our confession? Yeah. Isn't he the great shepherd yeah. of Israel? Yeah. Isn't he the great teacher, yeah. rabbi, rabboni, master teacher is what that means? Isn't he the great evangelist that gathered the crowds, healed the sick, raised yeah. the dead, fed the poor? Isn't he all of those? Yeah. Isn't he? Yeah. Isn't he? Yeah. Come on, class. Isn't he? Yes. You're getting this. Yeah. We're, we're communicating. We're connecting. He saw five of them. Evangelist, pastor, teacher, apostle, prophet. Works of service. The servant Jesus. To equip the saints for the works of service. Until we all. Everybody say, we all. We all. Turn to someone and say, you all. You all. Until we all come into the unity. Everybody say unity. unity. Of the faith. That's not the unity of the spirit. The unity of the spirit, when you got born again, you were instantly had the unity of the spirit inside of your spirit. Like every other believer. We all, every believer, no matter denomination, theology, doesn't matter if they believe in Jesus Christ, they'd be accepting their Lord and Savior, they believe that Jesus rose from the dead. He's their master. They believe in Jesus. Amen. It doesn't matter how much they know about him. Because you're going to be learning about him your whole eternity. Because he's so magnificent yeah. that we'll just keep getting to know him and know him and know him. Yeah. And of his goodness and kindness towards us who believe for the eternal ages to come, worlds without end. For the equipping of the saints, for the works of service, till we all come into the unity of 
the faith. Where does the faith come from? Where does unity come from? It comes from the Godhead, from Jesus. It's all about Jesus. Each one of these things are a revelation of Jesus. All five gifts, the serving, the equipping, the faith. Where's faith come from? Jesus. He's the author and finisher of our Jesus. It's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus becoming manifest, Jesus being revealed. For you to know him and make him known. Shokotataka. So we come into the unity of the faith and to the knowledge. Everybody say knowledge. knowledge. Of the Son of God. The knowledge of him, Jesus. Until we come into the fullness and the stature of who? Christ. Jesus. Him. Until we become, excuse me, until we become a perfect Yes, ladies, till you become the perfect man that's inside of you. Christ. Yeah, we do. And we become, men become brides and women become sons. They both become both. They both become both. And it's not sexual gender. It's nature. This is what he's doing with us to bring us into something. Six days we've been working. Now we're at the end of the age. These things are now going to start happening like dominoes falling. Bam, bam, bam. Yeah, come on. I like that. Bam. Everybody say bam. Come on. Bam, bam, bam. They're happening right now. Why is the world shaking? Why is the government's arguing? Why are people going in there making bam? That's right, bam. Bam. Why do we have Donald Trump? Bam. Come on. Bam. <laughs> Why is the Congress divided? Bam. Why is it plain to see who's evil and who is wanting righteousness? Bam. Everything's shifting. We're at the end of the sixth day, the beginning of Shabbat. Hallelujah. Really, we are. Now I'm excited. Now I'm excited. Now I'm excited. Now I'm excited. I am so excited. Anybody want to prophesy? Remember when they all turned into pillars of fire, 120 of them? They didn't stay upstairs, did they? No, they went down. The whole city was full of people that came there from all over the world for, to celebrate the feast of Pentecost, which means 50. It was exactly 50 days from the day Jesus died until the Holy Spirit was poured out. Fifty days, okay, yeah, that's a real great warning there. Yeah. <laughs> I got to finish this up. Fifty, fifty days, and then the outpouring of the Spirit came. Fifty, 
Did you know 50 means jubilee? Do you know what else it means? All debts are paid. Everything that you've lost is returned to you. All lands come back to you. All inheritance is stolen. We're in the 500th year since the reformation of Martin Luther. Right now, it's been 500 years. 50s. A whole new time. A whole new reformation has begun. Listen, we're in the prophetic timetable. What happened to the 120? They came down. What did they do when they came down there? What'd they do? What'd they do? What'd they do? They prophesied. They, everybody say prophesied. Moses had prophesied and said, would to God that all God's people would become prophetic. And now, thousands of years later, the whole church and all the people that was there, the Spirit fell on them. And they were all born again and began to speak in other tongues and prophesy. Do I hear an amen? And that's what the first prayer meeting was all in tongues, prophecy. It looked like our meetings do in our house that we're having tomorrow morning. At my house. Looks like what we have out here. Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday morning. Every week. For two hours. At least two hours. We usually can't stop at 10 o'clock. We go from 8 till 10. We usually can't stop. Nobody wants to leave. Everybody's still getting... And prophesying and sharing and moving to the Spirit. Releasing things. First prayer meeting. That's what it was like. So that's our pattern for prayer. There's all different kinds of prayer that the Bible teaches, but that's how it began. And that's where the power surge comes from. Anybody want a power surge? Man, power surges can blow up your computer. Come on, do I hear an amen? Some of you need your computer blown up. That one in your hand, my God, man. Don't let it take you down the path of where it steals every minute of your time and you don't pray and spend time with Jesus or your family. I received that word. Thank you, Father. That was for me. They prophesy. Now, how many here prophesy? Can I see your hand if you prophesy? How many do not? How many? Everybody here prophesies. Really, actually, everybody prophesies. Have you ever testified to anybody about Jesus in your life? Well, the testimony of Jesus Christ coming out of you is the spirit of prophecy. Everybody prophesies at one level or another. And there's lower levels, which are not a bad lower level. They're a good, but you can increase. They get stronger, more powerful. Other things come in. Or you can be like Elijah. Anybody believe that? We're in those days. We're in the timetables. At the end of the sixth day, the spirit power of Elijah will return to prepare the way for the coming of the Lord like it did the first time when John came. And it will happen again. It's happening right now. That's part of what we're here for. That's part of our commission. To bring in the spirit and the power of Elijah. Anybody want that? Oh, my goodness. Spirit, everybody say spirit and power. This is all the foundation, laying the foundation, releasing the prophetic flow, releasing the glory of God, 
For when the days that the Spirit of God has been coming like sweet summer rain, and now it's going to begin to come as the latter and the former rain begins to come together. And the outpouring of the Spirit will become like a deluge. Even as you have seen the rain in the land in this last fall and winter, and that is still to come some, and the snow on the mountains, so also will you see the same thing happen in the Spirit and the outpouring of Holy God's Spirit upon this land and this part of the nation. Surely even as you will see, the rivers are flooded and running over the banks. They will run over the banks. They will run over the banks, I'm telling you. Church, churches have river banks and they want the water to flow at a certain place. And the Lord establishes them. But when he brings this kind of rain, guess what? The rivers cannot hold it and the banks change. A flood of his glory is coming. Even as the Spirit of God said it would happen through the prophets that have decreed it in these last days. And even for this area, over many years, many prophets have come here. And dear saints and godly ones prophesying the will of the Father for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Can you imagine the harvest of souls? Can you imagine an outpouring that causes everybody in the city to turn to Jesus Christ? Do you even believe it can happen? Can redding, meaning red blood, that the sacramental river flows through, meaning the sacraments, the blood and the bread, the covenant mill city of red blood that flows through this area, could it not, at the beginning of the sacramental, at the headwaters of this sacrament that will bathe California, meeting with another river in Sacramento called the American River. And the American River is being swallowed up by the sacraments. Even so it shall be in the spirit as you've seen it in the natural. That's what the Holy Ghost is saying. That's what the spirit of Christ is saying. Well, my five minutes is up. I think I went ten. Yeah, when I hear, you got to land in five minutes, I say, we're not a helicopter. We can't just... Let's all stand up together. The spirit of generosity that's going to come on the hearts of the people. What's an amazing, and there's a forerunner people, and some already have it. And the spirit of generosity must come into our lives for us to experience wealth glory. Anybody want the glory wealth? Anybody want the glory wealth? How many here want great financial blessings? Anybody here want gold? I like gold. God has given me a lot of gold in my life. You know what I've done with it every single time except once? I've sold it and put it in the ministry. When I get get the best price out of it, I sold it. And I put it in the ministry. One time I did it because we had a financial need in our family. The rest of the time I've given it away. I've had sacks of it. I've seen so much gold come in. People love to give me gold. That's amazing. Gold and silver, precious stones, rings, bracelets, 
People can give anything they have. Some people have all that kind of stuff at home. They never use it. It sits there. It's an heirloom. It's five generations old. And they say, oh, yes, I'll have this great, wonderful ring. This was my great, 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 great Aunt Minnie's. Okay, yeah, well, maybe you should consider that it would be great to join us in an offering for the winning of souls and spend it on a crusade here in this city and crank up a crusade and come up with an idea like cool April nights. 50,000 antique and hot rod cars will be in this city. There'll be parties going on, banquets at the parks, at the convention center, shows, car shows. People will be setting up booths, selling food. People will be out witnessing, Amen. telling others about Jesus. To set up a booth and have a dream interpretation booth. Win people to Jesus. Anybody want a free word about your future? You have a part of your past that's troubling you? We can help you get it healed. Come to this booth. No charge. Anybody want to win some souls? Can you imagine? Does that frighten you? Is it just not really interested? Because God's about to stir interest in us for lost people like we've never had happen before. Thank you, Father. Great abundance is coming in. Can you tell I'm going to do an offering right now? I'm going to do an offering. You know why? Because you want great abundance. And the fastest and best way to it is to increase your giving. Well, I've been taught that it's just wisdom to just, you know, say just a certain amount and just that exact tithe and then a little bit of tithe. And that's what I'm doing faithful. I'm being faithful in that. How about you pray and ask God, Lord, if I increase my giving, would you increase your blessing on me? Anybody want to ask him that? Well, I'm getting a lot of cooperation. Don't sit down on me. Come on, don't shout me down because I'm preaching real good. I'm trying to help you get what you are really desiring. How many want to have, be, have, have their coffers, their bank account really high, and you can give in to every good work every time you're moved on? And you know when you give it, it's coming back in. Maybe you don't believe it'll come back. Maybe you think that's a preacher's sales gimmick to get your money. Hmm, wonder why Jesus preached it then. Wonder why Paul preached it. Start naming all the great men of God down through time. They all preached it. The great women, Maria Woodworth Edder, Catherine Kuhlman. Start naming them. They did offerings. They preached about giving and receiving. And people that followed it got greatly blessed. Oh, Father God, thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for what you're doing, that you're moving us into a glory realm that even affects us with great abundance. I really believe what I'm saying, you guys. I can feel the discomfort in people. I can feel the people there. I can even, I could go over and tap you on the shoulder. I won't. (laughs) But you have this restrainer because you've been hurt. You've actually been offended by it. You've been promised things and it didn't come to pass. 
whoa, whoa, wait a minute. Whoa, what? What do you, didn't come to pass? You mean yet? Could it be you has a reservoir of offerings that's been stored up and is amassing wealth for you and you've never tapped into it because you believe it didn't work and you've said it with your mouth more than once and you've talked against preachers that want to teach you how to open the spigot and get it flowing. Maybe, could it be? Now, this is not meant to be a confrontation, but I know the carnal mind, and I know the things that people wrestle with because I am one just like you. And I've learned to know when it contradicts the words of Jesus and Paul, and it contradicts generosity, and it contradicts faith, and we suddenly say, I don't believe in that. Well, it's not for you then. But put your hand on the person next to you that says, I believe in it. And give it to them. Just give all of your abundance to them. Release it to them. You're not going to get it. They are because you don't believe. So so they're going to get it. Yeah, I tricked you, didn't I? I tricked you right in to giving. Come on. Some of you said, wait a minute. I'm not praying that. I've been not believing it, but now I do. I just realized I shouldn't do that because something in me says, whoa, it could happen. I I have a gold mine and I haven't tapped into that vein yet. I'm going to swing the pick one more time and it's going to sink right into the mother load. Could it be? I know everybody in this room has been givers. I know everyone here has given, 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 has not seen the 30, 60, and 100 times as much return. That's true. Any tithers in the house? Any tithers here? We at Eagle's Nest receive tithes too. Yeah, tithers. They actually are the committed faithful that keep every ministry functioning. Do you know we're going to get to where there's so many people tithing that you know what the tithes will go for? It won't pay for any building, won't pay for anything at all. All it'll do is go into the hands of the fivefold ministry to be distributed to other ministries like music, like children's ministry. Everyone will be paid and can do it full time because the harvest of souls that's about to come in is going to demand that we all receive our breakthrough wealth the wealth of glory, the glory wealth that's coming for that reason because of the revival that's on us. And the people that believe that are going to start giving more and starting to get blessed more and it's going to start as a trickle, then it's going to increase and the next thing you know, when it really breaks loose, the dam is going to break and wealth is going to flow into the hands of those who are faithful givers and have constantly given even when they felt like it wasn't working because now God is going to bring about your payday at the end of the age. It's in the prophetic timelines of the day of rest that's upon us. And the great harvest. Oh, think of the souls, you guys. Think of the souls. Oh, my Lord Jesus. Think of the souls that are going to come to God. Oh, think of the things we can do if we had the money to win them. And to disciple them and raise them up. Anoint them. Release them. Think of all the people with gifts and talents and great skills and arts and creativity and other wealth. And their heart's going to turn. 
and they're going to want to bless the kingdom of God. Think of a million souls being saved in Northern California in three months. Just in Northern California, from Sacramento up to here, a million souls. Think of that. Could that happen? Oh, it's going to happen. It's going to be more than a million. In California, there'll be a third of the population will turn to Jesus when this outpouring comes. That's, I think, 40 or 60 million people that's in California. Shaka Rebaka. 325 million in America. Think of 50 million souls coming to Jesus across the nation over a short period of time. That's what's on God's agenda. It's coming. The gates of hell can't stop it. No one can stop it. God is determined. It's time. We're in the last day's harvest. We're there. We're there. We're there. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Well, all of that was free. Amen. It's free. There's no charge for it. It costs you nothing. But anybody that wants to give a tithe or an offering and wants to be a part of a love gift to Jesus? Anybody love to give to Jesus? Don't you love to give to Jesus? God so loved the world that he what? Do you love? Then give. Just let it happen. Let it happen. Make your check out to Eagle's Nest. I've had people say, you take too long an offering. I'm not taking an offering. I'm training you. This is the last part of my message, the glory finance. I'm training you in the last day harvest, the sixth day, the entering into his rest. I'm telling you of the abundance that's coming to his people, of the transference of wealth that will come at the end of the age. Everything will come back to the saints of the Most High God who love him with all of their heart. He will not withhold any good thing from them who have walked uprightly towards him. Oh, Jesus. I'm just quoting one verse after another. You know this is the word of God and you have faith to move mountains. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Now, anybody that believes I did that to manipulate you into giving, keep your money. That's not why I did it. I'm giving you the words of Jesus and Paul and the apostles and prophets who told us of this day and the times we're in and what will happen. But anybody that wants to be a part of it, you need to give. And if not here, somewhere. You need to leave here. There may be someone you love that you've been wanting to help. You're getting a word right now to go to them. You know that thing you held back? Remember that offering you had in your mind, but you didn't give it and you didn't write it down and you wrote something smaller? Go make it right. Go put it where you were supposed to put it. Because it will multiply. It will grow. You can't stop it. Because God said, Jesus said, give and it shall be given unto you. Pressed down, shaken together, running over, will I cause men to give into your basket, into your lap, literally. Oh, thank you, Father. Lord, I just receive it. I receive it right now. Every one of your words, your goodness. Lord, I receive that mountain right there. I don't know where it's at, but I want that mountain. 
I can see the ministry base there and people coming in from all over the world. I can see helicopters landing on that island and taking people on rides up to it. I can see cables going down and people riding cables ooh, into the water. Yeah. <laughs> I'm playing. Thank you, Jesus. Everybody say, I'm rich. You want to say it with me? I am rich. I used to be poor. But now I'm rich. I'm poor no more. <laughs> okay. Let's bow our heads. I want you to listen and do what the Lord wants you to do. Do what you purpose in your own heart. Okay, ushers, if you're ready. Does anybody need Thank you, Everybody say favor. It wasn't my suggestion. I didn't ask for it. I was hoping. I asked the Lord to speak to his heart about it. How many of you know I like to get a good deal? Anybody like to get a good deal? And the Lord arranged it. And his, the kindness of his heart, he has blessed us. And uh, we're going to take some months to uh, some things we want to do on the building on the inside, some fixing up and enlarging the bathrooms and that back part of the building and make it functional. So there's some cool things doing, classes. We have a class on Saturday mornings. Is it up here? Marion's going to come and give a, a little talk with you, but I want to tell you about the, the class we're going to do on the eternal day of rest, a Shabbat. I'm going to teach you of your Jewish roots. I'm Jewish, and I have the Torah that I study, and of course I have all the Jewish makeup. I don't wear it. I used to, and I used to train people in finding their Jewish roots and establishing them. Would anybody be interested in knowing the Bible from the Hebrew perspective? The Greek, the Aramaic. Would anybody love to know about why God chose Hebrew people to write the entire Bible and to bring Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and all of the great prophets and all the people that we love and read their writings. The most popular book in the history of the world is the Bible. No other book has been has sold so many copies. It's still the number one seller through all history. All given. How many are glad that you have a Jewish Messiah? Do you know he's a Jew of the tribe of Yehuda? How many are glad for that? How many are glad that we are of the Judeo-Christian ethic? That's what we are. Everything about us comes from that. But we mostly know about Christendom but not much about our Jewish roots. It enhances and strengthens the revelation of who Jesus is, of the tribe of Judah. When he returns, he will live in Jerusalem. He'll sit on the throne of David. He'll rule the universe from there. The earth is actually the center of the universe. I know the scientists don't like us saying that, but it's actually true. The headquarters of creation will be on planet Earth. 
and a Jew will sit on the throne by the name of Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Christ. And he now rules from heaven. And we are his people. And he's about to enlighten us to an understanding of these things in ways to bring our Christianity to a whole new level in understanding for the thousand-year day. How many know that the earth is going to be changed into the glory of heaven in the next thousand years? Anybody want to be a part of that? Anybody want to learn about it? It's called the power of the age to come. It's available, and it's beginning to fall like rain. So, Father, we thank you for that. We're going to do that. And this coming next Saturday or the following Saturday? Come make, come make uh, some announcements for us, Mary. And then you can see her about your debit card if you want to. She's going to make the announcement. Would you welcome Marion? I'll get your mic. Hello. How's everybody doing? Can we just say fire one more time? Fire! So good. Okay, so um, next, who went to the class last Saturday? It was awesome, huh? Whew, the classes are just so good. So uh, this Saturday, we have no class. And this Sunday, we have no feast. So, sorry, sad face. (laughs) But the next weekend... Then we have the Saturday class at 10 till 12, and we have the Sunday leadership feast from 2 to 5. So we're skipping one weekend. And then uh, mark your calendars because Stephen Powell is coming back. Yeah. Woo! April 12th through the 16th. And be prepared for a lot of glory, right? Get your bar way up there because <laughs> he brings it and he just enhances what's already here. Amen? All right. Was that the 12th? The 12th. The 13th. Yeah, the 13th. Oh, okay. Typo. Sunday. Everybody say Sunday. Thank you. All right.